My name's John Paul. I'm the brand new owner of KLOG, KUKN, 101.5 The Blitz, and the Cowlitz Podcast Network. And uh, for the first time in more than 55 years, these radio stations are uh, not owned by a member of the Hanson family. Uh, stations uh, had been owned by Steve Hansen since 1967. He sold the stations to his son, Joel, in 2001, and then uh, my wife and I recently purchased them. We have a raw conversation here with uh, KLOG's Steve Hansen about the history of these radio stations and the evolution of these radio stations and uh, not being a part of them anymore since they've been sold. Uh, we'll hear that conversation next on the Cowlitz Podcast Network. Taking care of your mental health is just as important as your physical health. At Columbia Wellness, we offer behavior health care for all ages. From telehealth counseling to inpatient addiction care, we offer the level of support your mind needs. Don't wait to enjoy life again. Give us a call at 360-423-0203. At Columbia Wellness, your wellness is our passion. Okay, so let's start at the beginning. Radio people, you get like this bug. Radio bug started uh, when I was very young. Because I listened to what are now called old-time radio shows, The Shadow. Mm-hmm. I don't know. People don't know what I'm talking about now because all there was no TV, right? And all the programs that people they just listened to on the radio. Mm-hmm. There were comedies, there were dramas, there were soap operas, just like they're on TV now, but they were all on radio then. Mm-hmm. And that's when I originally got the bug when I was a kid because I listened to those shows on radio, and that's when I got the bug. By the time I reached junior high in high school, my teacher uh, in English gave us all a, a job to pick a career and decide what we wanted to go in and write a, write a paper on it, and I chose radio, and I wrote my paper on that. And then I based my whole high school career on radio, going into radio. I took drama, I took speech, I competed in contests. I wrote oratory. When I was a sophomore in high school, our drama and history class produced a series on the radio where there were two students, myself and another one, and my teacher submitted them, and we won uh, an award and went back to New York City and eventually to Washington and then on to Valley Forge, Pennsylvania, where we received the Freedoms Foundation Award for that series of radio shows that we produced. So I got the bug early. Was it always radio, or did you think, I want to be like some sort, no. I want to do something creative in general? No, I wanted to be in radio. Yeah. yeah. And then I got a scholarship to college, worked my way through radio stations uh, when I was in college, uh, got a fantastic education in radio, not only from the classes I was taking, but from, from working full-time, practically mm-hmm. full-time, 20 hours a week. Yeah. In those days, I took the logs home uh, at night from the radio station, produced them in the fraternity house. I signed the radio station on, took it back to the radio station in the morning, and then made it to my 9 o'clock class. <laughs> <laughs> so back then, was it the ones, because uh, I know K-Log at one point, you couldn't broadcast at night, right? Right. Was that one of those stations where it was like daytime only? It was or? a daytime only station, yeah. yes. No, K-Log was full-time. It's always been full-time. Okay. K-BAM at 12.70 a.m. was the daytime station in the marketplace. Okay. And they were until, I don't remember, whatever year they got the license to 
school full-time. I graduated from college in 1962 after four years at Pacific University in Forest Grove. And then I, uh, I got married that same year, went in the service for National Guard active duty because I had a student deferment. So I uh, did that six months down at Fort Ord, California, came back. The station I had been working for through college at that particular time had been KUIK in Hillsboro, and uh, they had promised me a job, but uh, they never responded to my letters. And I had a pregnant wife at that particular time, and I needed to get a job. So I got a hold of radio station in Grants Pass, which was where I went to school. Mm-hmm. And uh, the fellow there I had worked for one summer, I said, uh, you got any openings? He says, sure, come on, come on down. Yeah, I said, uh, do mornings, do sales, do play-by-play sports, and I did it all. So you're a busy guy. <laughs> yeah, and then uh, a friend of mine who I'd worked with for one year in Grants Pass during that one summer, he, uh, he gave me a call. He says, uh, I would like you to come up to where I'm working. I think there's an opportunity here. You might like to talk to this fellow. So I, uh, I went up, and uh, my wife and I drove up to Albany, Oregon, mm-hmm. and uh, met this fellow. And they were playing rock and roll music. They were a daytime-only station. I was not a fan of Top 40. <laughs> it was not my... I was not the type of music that I was used to mm-hmm. disc jockeying. I preferred uh, what was called middle of the road, you know, Andy Williams, right. and things of that nature. And uh, anyway, I, um, I thought I'm going to have to sign the radio station on. I can't do play-by-play sports anymore because they are a daytime-only station. But I liked what this fellow had to say. So I went back and I talked to the fellow I was working for, and I said... Um, is there any future for me here in this radio company? And he said, no. <laughs> no? <laughs> he said, no. It's, uh, you're not going to go much further than you've already gone in the year and a half you've been here. So I said, well, I'm leaving then. So I left and went to Albany, Oregon, where I worked for this fellow. And he and I bought this station in 1967. So from the time I graduated college in that five-year span, I've formed a friendship with the fellow I was working for, he had an interest in two other stations. He had started with a down payment on a radio station with a used car. He said, let's go out and look for another one. I said, okay. So we did. We bought this station, which was bankrupt at the time. And uh, Was it still like at the uh, the old golf course at that point? You no, moved it had it over? moved. It oh. had moved. The company had moved it over here as far as the studios. Mm-hmm. And uh, But the transmitter was still on the Kelso Oaks Golf Course. And uh, we came here right where you are right now in this little bitty room. was a much larger room, and it was my office. My office was in this part of the building right here uh, at that time uh, before we added the second floor on. Mm-hmm. So it, uh, it kept expanding and growing. I've had some wonderful people that worked here for me. And I always say they didn't work for me, they worked with me because they were such a part of a big family. I had great people in sales. Uh, Rick Roberts and Tom Iverson and Dave Taylor were three I would name. Uh, I had others that worked for me and uh, over the years on the air. 
And, of course, John Paul, mm-hmm. he came into the radio station and uh, said, uh, you, you got any openings? I said, well, how old are you? He says, I'm 13. I said, well, we, how about you clean the station on Sunday morning? <laughs> <laughs> so he has folks had to come down here and sit in the lobby. Well, he cleaned the radio station so we could put him on the air. I put him on the air when he was 13, a little over 13. On Sunday mornings, he ran the church program and the Seahawk games. Okay. And I said, you can't talk, John. Your voice is too high. <laughs> there was a, there was, I found it a couple months ago in the system. It was an old, they must have been doing it when John Mitchell was retiring and playing uh-huh. a bunch of old like audio clips and stuff like that. Yeah. There was one, it's, I, John, he's got to be, you know. 14, 13. Right. And he's doing, uh, I think it was the, like the lunch report. Uh-huh. And it's like, wow. So, and I think, yeah, a lot of people don't realize that as he was here even back then. And then he yeah. ended up coming kind of full circle and coming yeah. back. And he's had a great career outside of this place. And John has a, a broader career in radio than anyone, obviously, who's ever worked here. Because he's worked, uh, worked in Baltimore or Buffalo, mm-hmm. New York. Was program director of KUPL in Portland. Mm-hmm. Uh, did the uh, supervised uh, thousands of radio stations, country radio stations on the satellite. Yeah, with Westwood. Uh, yeah, uh, did with Westwood. So he's had an unbelievable career, and I'm was so thrilled when he came back to town because my son Joel, mm-hmm. who took over the station uh, in uh, nineteen or in two thousand. What, we'll see, what year was it? In 2000 is when he took over operating the radio stations. And uh, on the 20-year note, he's finally going to pay me off in April of next year. <laughs> and and John Paul is going to come work on the same basis that my son Joel did. Joel did what we call, um, uh, what was what was the term I always used? Uh, the down payment years were what, Joel went through because he worked with me for 10 years. Mm-hmm. And John Paul has had the background to work here before he takes over. Mm-hmm. And it's still local ownership. Yeah. And that's what I was so excited about. Not only is John Paul a wonderful individual, wonderful radio man, but he's local. Mm-hmm. And so he knows the marketplace. And that was always been the key to me. We live and die by the people who support us. And that's, you know, we won't, we do not succeed unless we do what is good for the community and good for our advertisers. And so it's, that's, that's, that's our obligation, our role in society, in this community to do well for them. And then they do well by us. Yeah. I had, it's funny because I just read like a a quote, like similar quote uh, by you in like that book. And it was, it was, uh, people think radio is entertainment first and it's not, it's community first. That's and like, right. I love that. And I think it really sums up kind of who we are as like a company, you know, and I, I was talking to John about it a couple of weeks ago and it's kind of funny how it's all shifted. You know, everyone wanted to, wanted to be in big market radio. Yeah. They wanted to go to Portland. They wanted to go to Seattle. I think they've lost touch of that a little bit. Because we're the ones that are still serving the community. Yeah. All the large market stations are simply jukeboxes. Mm-hmm. That's all they are, is yeah. a jukebox. And that's not what radio was designed to be. Its first role was to serve the community. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's what you get back from it, yeah. is that you did a job. You know, you, you helped someone here in the community. 
And yeah. I, that's what I've always thrived on. That's why I love the, uh, the cooking kind of slogan, if you will. It's right here at home. Everyone is here. Yeah. We're here. We're a part of it. We're living. You know, the news stories we're reporting on, we're feeling. I'm very proud to be a part of that kind of thing. Good. So speaking <laughs> of cooking, it went on the air 91. 91. The FCC decided to add some frequencies about that time in the early 1990s. And uh, I applied for one that I found would was in the marketplace. And uh, we uh, had to fend off some other people who were bidding against us on it. Uh, we had two people from Olympia that wanted to do it, so they mm. submitted a bid to the FCC. And so there were four of us that finally in the ultimate decision-making process of who was going to get it. So I bought the two people out from Olympia because they really didn't want it. Mm -hmm. They just wanted to get someone to buy them out. Right. So I got bought them out for, to me, it was a lot of money at the time. And then the other applicant was uh, the fellow that owned KBAM, and uh, they decided to take an offer that I had to come up with <laughs> for the other amount, and that was a substantial amount of money. And then we had to get all the equipment right. and add all of that and get everything going. But fortunately, our advertisers stepped right up to the plate. We went out with a program and said, if you're an original advertiser on KUKN and agree to it, uh, you will receive these extra perks and bonuses and what have you. And they did. And by the time we signed the station on the air, we had enough money to pay all of the bills that we had accumulated. Yeah, so, and people don't realize radio is expensive. <laughs> radio equipment is expensive. Yeah. And <laughs> <laughs> so it was a... It was a gamble at the time. It was a tough decision for my wife and I to make. We stood on the back of our house and debated it and <laughs> cried over it and because yeah, it was a big gamble. Yeah. Big gamble at the time to add KUKN. But uh, as it turned out, the community supported us just like they had with KLOG. And here we are today doing, doing as well as as can be expected in uh, an economy that's uh, changed over the years. What was that like signing on and, you know, playing that first song? Like Bill, Bill was here at the time, right? Bill Dodd. On KUKN? Yeah, he was like in the building, right? He was in the building, but yeah. he wasn't the first guy that was uh, on the air at Cookin'. I can't remember the disc jockey's name. But there were a couple of people who stepped in on Cookin' were on the air as a disc jockey. And then, of course, you. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and you replaced Ray, who wanted moved over to the A to over to Klog, because uh, he has a history there also, because he's been here a long time. It was a very surreal experience to be coming in, and I'm going to be that person Ray was for me. You know, there's uh -huh. going to be the kids listening on the school bus to me in the morning, like I did growing up. And it was a very surreal, very cool experience to be like, oh. You know, 13 years old, it's like, oh, I want to be on the radio. And it's like, now I'm... Now you, you know, are. Now I'm doing it. Here you so, said. What are like some of the few stories that just always stick in your mind? <laughs> what are the rowdy days of cooking and K-Log? I don't want to go back there. <laughs> That's, um, that, there's some ancient history that, uh, that we don't recall anymore. <laughs> uh, not in public, anyway. <laughs> we went through, there were some people that worked here that had... Uh, Lower uh, standards than uh, than I would have liked, but in the early days, I you you get what you can afford, mm -hmm. and really the first person uh, on the air that I paid 
uh, more than market wages was John mm. uh, Mitchell. Mm-hmm. Uh, I said, I'm going to hire one guy that I can build our station around for the long haul. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I did. I hired John. And, uh, and then I got another fellow uh, who came along, uh, Dan Martin, who had worked here before. And so John and Dan were the two primary drivers on the AM side of K-Log as far as talent was concerned. And then Kirk, of course, came aboard uh, on the sports side. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was a big plus for the radio station because you know, nowadays Kirk is the face Mm-hmm. of the radio station and yeah. uh, just because he's been here so long and he's been so active in the community mm-hmm. uh, and involved in sports uh, that that's something we've always been very very active in right and something that has dear to my heart mm-hmm. particularly lcc because i did the play-by-play for the red devils for 15 years before i turned the mic over to kirk and uh, i was gonna miss that <laughs> My family wasn't. (laughs) Final question. Whatever happened to the K-Log frog? I've seen pictures of it. Where did the K-Log frog go? Well, into the house of our basement of our house. (laughs) Is it in there? No, it's gone. Eventually, it kind of rotted away, I think, and we, uh, we disposed of it in the garbage can. But it had those, you know, big floppy feet and uh, big head, of course, a typical... uh, costume that you see uh, um, mascots wearing and uh, that was the station mascot you know if people come into the station get tickets if you can walk through the whole building and you just see pictures and history and the legacy that is k-log cooking you know now the wave again thank you for coming in seriously okay ronnie thanks for having me absolutely a pleasure